The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Welcome to OAA Now here. I'm Sammy Termina, blogger, the Dragons Insider, blogger of Inside the OAA, one of the hosts between Terminas on Oriented with Television. Like to welcome those watching on the local voice on SoundCloud and watching on Ori Neighborhood Television as well. Um, we got a great show to talk about here this week. Of course, we're going to recap um, all week one from the playoffs, um, including the um, upset um, with Oak Park um, taking down Gross Point South. Um, if you want to know where me and Ike, I'm doing solo this week, of course, um, my um, co-host Ian um, is um, is out on assignment, so... Um, just me here doing it solo this week. Um, we got, as I mentioned, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, we talk about Oak Park's big win um, over Gross Point South. Also, recap the rest of the league's um, playoff matchups. Recap those, and of course, heading, and of course, games heading into next week. And also, um, look at, of course, the. Um, do I think the Mac Red is in some trouble this week? I mean, that's another question we got. I gotta address that. Um, obviously. Um, I did watch another podcast, um, and they, um, and they, um, not giving some certain OA teams respect, and I think, and I'm here to address that. So let's go to our recaps. Of course, um, week um week one, first week of the playoffs. Um, we're gonna look at um, of course, the big upset, obviously, um, that sent shockwaves throughout the state of Michigan. Um, Oak Park, um. Oak Park winning at Gross Point South, thirty-five twenty-seven. Um. I think when you look, and I thought about this game more in general, probably it didn't hit me until Thursday where um, Oak Park really just, um, I was thinking about possibly that this could be an upset trap. Rose Point South, we know they play in the Mac Red. Um, they've had a really good year. Um, beat the likes of Chippewa Valley and Romeo and Utica Eisenhower. Those are three big accomplishments. Um, three very good proven powers in the in the not only in Macomb County, but also in the state. But Oak Park, they were not a healthy team all year. They really were not. I know I watched James Bertley, um, you know, grow behind between behind my eyes. I mean, between my eyes. I mean, like, this team played a real brutal schedule. You know, when you're playing the likes of Clarkston, West Bluefield, Southfield, Arts and Tech, Lake Orion, Oxford, and then you bring in, and then playing Groves, that's not an easy six games if you're Oak Park. So when you look at this this game, I mean, and this team did not have Rayshon Benny most of the season. And he came back and played with a vengeance. And Rayshon Benny's importance to this team is very important when you look at what Oak Park did. I mean, yes, I mean, like you know, they did get a they 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 did get a fake punt return for a touchdown. That was huge for them. They trailed nineteen to six at one point in that game. I mean, you know, what can you say? I mean, Oak Park. This was a team that's coming in averaging seven and a half points a game until that game. And what they did against a really good Gross Point South team was just basically outplayed them and took them behind the woodshed in their own house. I mean, that tells you something. Davion Prim had his best game of the year. James Bert- Burntley had his best game of the year. Um, you look at, of course, from Keon Johnson, 
played his best game of the year. I mean, Oak Park, even though they got some defensive issues, they still got to fix. But I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, and what they did against Girls Point South, you know, it sent headwaves through the state. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I was shocked personally that Oak Park, um, what they did against Gross Point South, um, to me, that is probably the most um, improbable upset that probably will never happen again. A winless team beating a number one, a top seed. You know, Oak Park came in 0-6. Normally, if you're 0-6, you don't make the playoffs. But with the way that this, um, everything's been going on this year, especially with the um, COVID situation, Oak Park sent a message. They sent a message that, you know what? The red is, is the red. Maybe, maybe it's not that bad. You know, you're one and done. Um, you're going out of league. You're playing against a lot of non-league teams, you know? So if you're Oak Park, you know, you know, you're saying to yourself, okay, we got this big win against Gross Point South. We can't let up now. I mean, because we got to focus on this one week at a time. And I like what Coach Greg Carter said in the interview on Fox Sports Detroit. Um, that they're taking it one game at a time. And that's what you got to do in this, you know. You got to, if you, I mean, you got to win six games. You know, you got to win six games to um, to win a state championship. That's the bottom line. And Oak Park getting that first one is huge. The fact that they put up 35 against a good Ghost Point South team is huge. So, I mean, like, I, that's probably my biggest head scratcher was that upset, um, as a lot of people in the state is. Um, another head-scratcher for me was um, Rochester and Adams. I mean, I kind of saw that one coming, um, but I didn't expect Adams to blow out Rochester that bad. 39-7 to on Friday night. I mean, I did not expect that one to be a blowout, and I think a lot of people who were at that game um, really... When you really look at it, just Rochester had the undefeated season. They were undefeated for the first time since 1993. And they ended up, you know, and this was a chance for Rochester to prove that they were back. I mean, that they were back. And all of a sudden, it looks like Adams, to me, you know what I mean? They just, they used their, they played in a more tougher league than Rochester. The white in the, in the blue, you know what I mean? I mean, like, the blue this year had a lot of surprises. Um, when you look at teams that were in the playoffs, I mean, that um, some playoff loss. We'll go over that in a minute. But Parker B. Cole played a really good game. I mean, you know, I was really critical of the move over from wide receiver to quarterback for Parker P. Cole. Um, But it looks like that that move kind of really paid off in that game against Rochester. Rochester only had four total yards in the first half. Four. What does that say? Are you kidding me? I mean, like, this was, this was an experienced team Rochester had back. I mean, in, to lay that performance on your home field against your arch rival? Yikes. Adams has now won 23 straight against Rochester. 23 straight. Rochester's not beaten Adams since 1996. What does that tell you? That tells you Adams owns you. 
Adams really owns you. Bottom line, Adams is a team that they've not had a good year. They've not had a great year. But they still own Rochester. That's the bottom line. Um, When you look at that game. Other games that really surprised me, of course, um, you know, um, with Troy and Bloomfield Hills. I mean, that was another head scratcher for me. I mean, obviously, 29-14 was the final on that one, but the, the, the team that won was the head scratcher for me. Because Troy was a team that they have not scored over 30 points. You know, and they've not scored over 30. And to do this against a Bloomfield Hills team, I don't know where the, what the heck happened to that team. I really don't know what happened to them. Ever since that emotional field, the emotional PAT went against Berkeley, um, they lost their last two games. And the fact that that team only scored 23 points in two weeks, that's bad. That's really bad. Now, I don't know if Tanner Solinsky was was out in that game. I don't know if he... Got hurt against Avondale. I don't know. But, and then to see the stat line um, on the ground, 171 to 50 on the ground. I mean, and the fact that Troy scored three touchdowns on the ground. I mean, it's hard to explain that. It's, it's hard to explain that. I mean, this is a Troy team that just was just decimated. You know, they had, they had a good 2-0 start. And then they were just decimated. They were decimated last two, last week by um two weeks ago by Troy Athens, thirty one nothing. I mean, and to do this on the road at Bloomfield Hills, that's insane. I don't know where Bloomfield Hills is going to be at next year. I really don't know. I mean, I think that team's in a lot of lot of trouble right now. I really do. Um, but for Troy, of course. Yeah, next week's going to be real brutal. I mean, I'll tell you that much. Great win for Troy, though. First win since 2007. Just a great win for the Colts. Um, of course, um, you got Clarkston 21-7 over Oxford. Um, I'll tell you what. Oxford played better. I mean, they scored 10 points in four weeks. That's, that's not a good stat. That's not a good stat at all. But they controlled time of possession against Clarkston. Um, there were times I felt like Oxford was a better team than Clarkson, but the Wolves found a way to win because of their experience. So when you look at Clarkson, obviously, I mean, like they've got to play better. Clarkson has to play better if they want to make some ground, especially in that red, because bottom line is right now, when you look at Clarkson, I mean, like, you know, they, they got a good enough chance to win it all. They got a great chance to win it all. So when you look at Clarkston, they've got to play better. Bottom line. Um, Groves had no problem with Avondale, 36 nothing. Um, Just really, Groves is getting ready for that big challenge ahead, the Battle of Birmingham Part 2. So was Seaholm. Seaholm won 42-6 over Sterling Heights. I mean, you know, I mean, I was a little surprised in the Groves score with Avondale because I thought Avondale would play better especially coming off that big win against Bloomfield Hills. Now, yes, I get it. That comes down to the blue 
the blue debate. You know what I mean? Playing in the blue compared to playing in the white. It kind of showed its head in that game, along with Rochester and Adams. So, you know, so I think there's a trend here. You know, playing in the white, tougher competition. You know what I mean? Playing in the blue, you know what I mean? Eh, you know what I mean? So we'll see. So, but there's two teams in the blue that are left, um, Troy, and then, of course, this next team, the Berkeley Bears. Um, Berkeley's a team, at, they lost two straight to close out the year, that emotional one-point loss to Bloomfield Hills, and then they, and then they had that, um, and then they had that really tough loss to Rochester, um, where they were just blown out 33-7. They had a good bounce back. Anytime you play a rival, it's really important. Because you're playing an arch rival in Royal Oak that is a, um, you know, the kids get up for those games. The kids get geeked up. And I, and I noticed that in my, um, when, I, when I had um, Sean Shields on the pod. Um, we look at that game. And Berkeley, to me, was, um, you know, in Berkeley, they have experience. But anytime they play Royal Oak, they get geeked. They're excited. Um I don't know if that new trophy was on the line that um, Coach Shields was talking about. Um, but the Battle of Woodward, you know, I think lived up to the expectations, which saw um, a 23-14 win for the Bears over the Ravens. Um, Royal Oak, I thought, played better. In two, in, um, I thought Royal Oak played better. Um, they really played... Um, you know, 28 points in two weeks. That's not bad for them, for Coach Ray McMahon. But um, they've got to address some things next year. I mean, obviously for them, they've got to address some things next year. For Berkeley, of course, you know, it's a good win for them. But I think for them, the test is this week. I really think that's the test for them this week. Um, so we'll see where they go in there. Southfield Arts and Tech and no problem with Troy Athens, 62-6. to Um... Just really just um the Warriors look dominant on their home field. Um you know, um Troy Athens really just not being mean. They have a ton of experience, but you know, when you're playing against the red, when it's blue versus red, you know what I mean? It's gonna be really difficult for the blue team to win. Um but when you look at um when you look at Troy Athens, they had a really good year this year. I mean, they've had some tough losses close games where they've lost some heartbreakers. Um, but when you look at Athens's um, path, I think they're going in the right direction under Coach Billy Keenis. I really think that that team is going in the right direction. So when you look at Athens, you know what I mean? I think they're going to be fine going forward. Um, they're going to have to replace a lot next year, though. They're going to have to replace a lot. Um, for A&T, of course, you know, they took care of business. Um, got their second stringers in, which is huge. Um, but it's going to be a stingy test this week when they got to go to Runkle. That's going to be a stingy test. We're going to talk about that one in a little bit. Um, of course, um, Sterling Heights-Stevenson did beat Farmington 41-15. Um, for Farmington, it was a, they were a team that I call a trial by fire. I mean, it was a rough year for them. Um, but, you know, they did give Stevenson some trouble, but 41 points allowed is too much. 41 points allowed too much. So when you look at Farmington, obviously, this is a team that, you know, they're going to be back next year. They're going to be better than their, than their record indicates next year. That's a good football team over there, Farmington. That is a really good football team. 
They're going to be good next year. But this year was a struggle. So Stevenson is a good football team. They are a good football team. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, even though I don't know what happened at Utica Ford game to them, even though they survived that one by three. Um, so we'll see how that goes with Stevenson. Um, West Bluefield, no problem. Utica Ford, 42 nothing. Um, four straight shutout for Coach um, Ron Bellamy's crew. Um, when you look at West Bloomfield, they got everything clicking on all cylinders. Um, and then this week, of course, they're going to, it'll be very interesting to see how they do against Troy. I mean, oh boy. <laughs> um, but West Bloomfield looked really good again. Um, poor straight opponent. Um, they shut them out. Um, so at the end of the day, West Bloomfield, you know, they're, Rolling all cylinders right now. Um, back to Division Two, North Farmington, forty-four-seven or Waterford Kettering. I was really shocked about this one. I thought this would be much closer than the score indicated, but Justin Whitehorn had a really good game. He had three hundred fourteen yards, three touchdowns. Um, difference maker in that game. I mean, when you look at North Farmington, I mean, I thought to myself, okay, the forfeit last week against Seahome really. You know, I thought they could be in some serious trouble this week. I really thought they could be in some serious trouble. However, it did not phase them. And North Farmington went to Tom Holland Field and blew out Waterford Kettering. And right now, when you look at Waterford Kettering, you know, and we look at um, North Farmington, they got a tough match looming at Fenton. I mean, it's going to be really interesting how they do against the Tigers. Tigers are undefeated. But I don't think they've seen a team like North Farmington. I'll talk about that matchup more in depth. I mean, because I think that's going to be a very interesting game up there in Fenton on Friday night. Um, um, the, the Division Three feels so bad for Pontiac. Um, they got blown out by Bay City Central, sixty-four to nothing. Going like, what happened? What happened in that game? It looked like Bay City Central did not let up. They took out all their anger after. I, and I get that they ha I get they were forced to forfeit against Bay City Western because of an ineligible player. Put 64 on Pontiac. Ugh. I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, it's it's that's a tough situation over there, Pontiac. It's a really, really, really tough situation. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It, it's certainly going to be a challenge over there, Pontiac. I mean, like. They just did not look good against Bay City Central at all. I think the travel got to them. Um, and Bay City Central, you know, they're they're an okay team, but it's gonna it's hard to explain right now when you look at Pontiac. It really is. Um, but you know, we'll see where they go next year. We'll see where they go. Um, really disappointed with Ferndale though. I mean, lost twenty to fourteen Detroit Renaissance. I heard that game could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, it's it's unfortunate, you know what I mean, for the Eagles that they've had some issues against their non-conference against teams in the non-conference. You know, when you look at, of course, you're playing Allen Park. Allen Park's a really good team. Um, yes, you've had success against Birmingham Detroit Country Day, but you didn't play him this year. So when you look at Ferndale, you know, if you want to take that next step, and I've been stressing this to Coach Eric Royal and his team, 
is basically if you want to take that next step, you got to basically play these teams and beat these teams. And they have not beaten these teams. So, you know, when you look at Ferndale, you know what I mean? I can see why they're struggling right now. I really see why that they had they had that tough loss against Detroit Renaissance. Um, do I think Ferndale could have won this game? Sure. But, you know, but they had a really good year. They had a really good bounce back year. Um, four and two is not a bad um not a bad way to end your year. Um I think they're going in the right direction. But we'll see. Um, next year will be very interesting for Ferndale. Um, I really think that the Eagles, um, but you know, they got to get their non-conference addressed. I mean, they got to win games against bigger schools that are in the non-conference. And to me, and if they don't do that, then they're going to be, then I don't know where I can see this team going forward. I mean, they've got to start winning those games against non-conference bigger schools. Bottom line. Um, and then, of course, let's look at um, Grand Blank 28-14 over Lake Orion. Um, three plays. Three plays. What's the difference in that game? Three plays. I mean, when you look at, of course, the double reverse led to a Grand Blank touchdown. The, um, the bad snap um, that gave the ball deep in the Lake Orion territory led to a Grand Blank touchdown. And Lake Orion had a great start. They were 14 nothing, but they were down 17-14 at the half. Um, Lake Orion's defense played really well in this game. They kept it within six points, and then Clint Alexander, head coach at Grand Blank, probably went for the most gutsiest play of the year that I probably have seen. Um, either that or the Oak Park fake punt, and that was off a bad snap for a touchdown. But they went on a 4th and 22, connected on a fake punt. And they went 78 yards for a touchdown. If that play does not work, Lake Orion's at the 20. They probably, they will, they score and they win that game. But Graham Blank did a gutsy call on fourth down and connected. That's bottom line. Three plays, two trick plays, bad hit and a bad snap. That was the difference. That's the difference between winning and losing. For Lake Orion, um, you know, this year for them, the record says three and three. Um, but they've had offensive issues all season long. Um, their defense played really well this year. Um, they did lose a ton on defense, though, next year. Um, offensively, you know, they got some players coming back when you look at Kyler Carson, um, Nathaniel Lardell. Um, I mean, like, you got, um, and there's several others coming back. Um, but they've got some things to address next year. And Lake Orion, I don't know where this team is at right now. I mean, considering that, um, you know, they've had a, it was a weird season for them at 3-3. Three and three. Um, They lost to two very good teams in Clarkson, West Bluefield. And then, of course, they ran into Grand Blank. I mean, Grand Blank. Do I think Grand Blank is a buzzsaw team? No. But, but, end of the day, those three plays, those three plays really cost him in that game. Um, I gotta give, um, I gotta give props to Grand Blank. They played well, you know what I mean, on their home field. 
last game on that home field um because they're going to be renovating they're going to be um moving to a new turf field next year um they had a bond pass over their grand blank so you know so that's it's it's hard to explain you know what i mean so okay now let's go to um week that's our recap of week number um one for um the entire league um course now let's look at the uh, matchups um we're gonna go in the matchups of course heading in deep into the playoffs um we got some really interesting ones looming um when you look at a course um you look at a course we're gonna go to division two first um then up to division one um you know what i noticed also is there's five oa white teams left you know there's there's still five oa white teams left that are still in the playoffs um when you look at the red um there is um three te- three teams left uh, four teams left in the red of course when you look at um West Bloomfield um A and T um Florkston and Oak Park um and then of course you have the blue you have two teams left of course you have Troy and Berkeley so this is going to be really an interesting week of course um, when you look at week two um for the playoffs um obviously of course um. We're gonna go from division two to division one. Um, Berkeley. Berkeley gets to go to Warren Mott to take on the Warren Mott Marauders. Um it's down in Warren. I think Warren Mott's still a grass field. Um so it'll be very interesting to see how Coach Sean Shields how he plays this against a very good um against a very against a good Warren Mott team that was second in the Mac White behind New Baltimore Inca Bay. Um Warren Mott's lost four games by a combined four by four points or less. And the other game was a blowout that they got blown out. So Warren Mott. No, actually they won four games by a combined four points, my bad. And then their other their only loss was a blowout loss. So Warren Mott's battle tested. And when you look at Berkeley, of course, um, this team they got experience, but I'm a little concerned. They don't have that playoff experience. So when you look at Berkeley, of course, yes, they got experience, but for them, you know, this is going to be a test for them. I mean, I get playing Lincoln Park, you know, on the road is a huge thing, but this is no Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park is terrible. And you look at Warren Mott, Warren Mott is a much different animal. And I think Coach Sean Shields is going to have a huge challenge. When you look at that game, um, I know Tom Olanoff very well. Very good coach. Um, he's had some great battles, especially against Troy Athens. Um, but Warren Mott is going to be a different animal for Berkeley. It, it is. I mean, bottom line. I mean, this is going to be a really, really tough game looming for um for Berkeley. I mean, yes, they got the quarterback in them. Jake and um, Ian Domowski. Um, Jake Domowski's got to play well as well. I mean, if they go with William Saris, I mean, they, if they go with um, Paul Zach Maurice, they go with him. I really think that um, that could be the better option in this match. But I don't know how Coach John Shields is going to play this. I mean, it's going to be a tough task over there in Warren. Do I think is Berkeley up for the task? Absolutely, they are. I mean. Berkeley's had a nice year. I mean, they've had a really good year. But I'm a little concerned about the schedule Berkeley's played compared to the schedule that Warren Mott's played. 
And they played against teams that run different style offenses in the Mac White. Um, their only loss was to New Baltimore Anchor Bay. And Anchor Bay was just absolutely just throttled by Romeo last week. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. That's going to be a really interesting game over there at Warren. It's going to be really interesting. Um, and then let's look at, um, of course, probably going to be one of my most favorite games of the week weekend. It's the Battle of Birmingham. Um, Groves goes to see home to take on the Maples. I remember this game real well. And I remember Ian calling it the Caleb Canoner Caleb Caleb play against um Jaden Magnum, the play of the year. I know Groves remembers that. I know they do. Because that is one of the reasons why they're the four seed and not a higher seed. When you look at this game here on paper, I mean, you know, Gross has talent, but Seahome's got experience. Seahome's won the last two against Groves, and it started with last year's district final. When, um, when Seahome went into Groves and just literally embarrassed them, 42-7. to seven. That tells you something. And now this is a district semifinal matchup. This is going to be, this has the makings of a district final preview, but it's happening in the district semifinals. So when you look at this game, um, for, um, for Groves, they've had a ton of injuries, but they're starting to click on the right cylinders. I mean, they're finding ways to win. I know what Coach Brendan Flurry is going to do. They found ways to win games like this. They blew out Avondale, 36-0 last week, coming off a really difficult loss to Stony Creek. Um, Seaholm, on the other hand, you know, they had that 2-0, um, they had that forfeit win against North Farmington, and then, they had, and then they went and beat Sterling Heights last week, blew them out 42-6. So when you look at this game here on paper, um, you know, everything looks... I, this is going to be a pick'em game. This is basically a pick'em to me. Is this game? I mean, both kids know each other. I mean, they played in the same middle school leagues. They played. Um, I mean, you got friends that are on both sides. Um, great coaches over there, and Coach Jim Dewald and Brendan Flaherty. Um, this is going to be an absolute fun game. Um, it could be an instant classic because I think both teams are really good. Um, so when you look at this game here, um, this is going to be very interesting to watch. Really interesting to watch. Um, another game to look at is Oak Park. They are going out to UD Jesuit to take on the Cubs. This is the third meet. This is the fourth meeting between the, um, Cubs and the Knights. Um, Oak Park winning the last time in 2016. Um, this is going to be very interesting. Because UD Jesuit's not a bad team. They put up they put up twenty-eight points in the last two weeks. You know, they've scored twenty-eight points in both weeks against their um, respective opponents, including last week against Gross Point North, where they won twenty-eight fourteen. Oak Park is basically playing with house money right now. They are playing with a ton of house money, which is basically, you know, they are playing with nothing to lose. And what they did 
what they sent to Growth Point South is, hey, we're here. We're here. We are here. I mean, like, we are still Oak Park. We, I mean, like, we have a legendary coach in Greg Carter. We have a very good running back in Dave Ann Prim going to Michigan State next year. We have a good quarterback in James Burtley. We have a lineman in um, Rayshon Benny who is out most of the year. And the fact that that team, and the fact that, um, and the fact that we just sent a message to um, Growth Point South, to Growth Point South, we beat them on their home field. We embarrassed them. You on your home field. If you're UD Jesuit, you're gonna say, "Well, okay, you know, we played Lake Orient tough, lost seven to six to them, but we, but um, but the, the but you were blown out by Lake Orient thirty-eight to six. So this is going to be very interesting because when you look at Oak Park, they're playing with virtually house money. UD Jesuit, you know, same thing with them. I think they're playing with house money, coming off an emotional win like that against Gross Point North. Um. Oak Park course knocking off Growth Point South. I mean, I remember watching the Zach and Zach, the Mac Attack with Zach and Zach on their podcast, and they were just absolutely stunned how Oak Park played against Growth Point South. They did not see that coming. Um, I kind of had hints on Thursday that I saw that upset coming because if there was a team that was that I thought that was screaming to be upset, it was Growth Point South. So when you look at Oak Park, you know, this is a much this is a very dangerous team. And I think with Rayshon Benny back, everything stabilizes. It it stabilizes, to say the least. It it stabilizes that team. And if you're UD Jesuit, you got a good quarterback. You got a good running back. Your defense is sound. I mean, this is gonna be the makings of a very interesting thing over there at um over there at Oak Park. It's going to be really interesting to say the least over there. So, I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, and then let's look at the, um, and then let's look at, um, you got North Farmington and Fenton. This is going to be really interesting up there at Fenton. I mean, the Raiders look like a team that could be really dangerous. They look good against Waterford Cuttering. They looked really good against Waterford Kettering. But when you look at North Farmington, this is a team that they're a dangerous team. They can be, you know, I think North Farmington can be a really interesting team. I mean, they got the coaching staff, you know. The coaching staff, I know, knows Harrison. From Harrison, they know Fenton pretty well. They played him in the playoffs. So if Fenton... This is going to be a real interesting game. I mean, Fenton's undefeated, but I think North Farms is going to be their toughest opponent they've seen all year. I mean, I mean, of course, when you, of course, when you have that type of coaching staff, that type of experience, I think for for um, Fenton, Jacob Sanders is going to be the best quarterback they've seen all year. I mean, bottom line, when you look at this game here on paper, it's going to be a real interesting game to say the least. So, when I look at this game here for sure, um, I can see how North Farmington's favored, but I can also see how Fenton's favored, especially North Farmington having to travel up to Fenton. I'm a little concerned about North Farmington's depth in that game. So, it'll be very interesting to see how 
that game ends up. Um, let's go from Division Two to Division One. Um, of course, you got Troy versus West Bloomfield. Um, Troy's coming off a 29-14 win against Bloomfield Hills, but this is West Bloomfield. This is West Bloomfield. They've shut that shut out four straight opponents. Four straight opponents. What does that say? What does that say? Four straight opponents. That tells you something. Really does. Um, so when you look at this game here on paper, I mean, like, this looks like a complete mismatch on paper. It is. It is a mismatch on paper. I mean, West Bloomfield, I mean, like, how is Troy going to have an answer for, of course, Alex Short, a quarterback? How are they going to have an answer for Diamond Edwards? How are they going to have an answer for Makat Elam? I mean, how are they going to have an answer? And that's not counting at defense, which is absolutely nasty right now. They are playing out of their minds right now. So, Troy's got everything stacked against them. That's what I'm telling you here. And if you're a Troy Colts fan, you know, watches us, you know, I'm sorry. It could get really ugly in the swamp this week. It could. Um, on the other side of that bracket, you got Southfield going to Sterling Heights Stevenson. This one's interesting because when you look at this game here, if you're Sterling Heights Stevenson and you just saw your Mac Red brethren, Growth Point South, get beat by Oak Park, you got to have some doubts in your mind. And this is where I've been saying, been trying to say to Zach and Zach on the, on, on the Mac attack with Zach and Zach, I've been trying to say to you, do not underestimate Southfield Arts and Tech. And Stevenson right now is in a danger zone right now. They are in a much, they're in a danger zone right now. A&T just put up 62 on Troy Athens. Now, I get it's a different league. It is a different league. The red and the blue are two different leagues. But this is a red opponent. A&T has a very good quarterback in Isaiah Marshall. The last time that I can remember A&T, no, last time I can remember Sterling Heights Stevenson taking on a freshman quarterback, you got to look at Sean Charette. And Charette had a big game against Stevenson in the playoffs in 2008. That's, and you look at Isaiah Marshall. Isaiah Marshall is more than capable of having a big game. You look at, of course, Raekwon Lee, of course, at running back. Jeff Bowens, Robert Army. The only advantage I can see Stevenson having on Southfield is up front. That's the only advantage I see. Skill players, I got to give to Southfield. Um, defensively, I've got to give a slight edge to, to Stevenson being at home, but Southfield is athletic enough, and they're right now focused. If that team is focused, stays disciplined, I will tell you what, they will go into Runkle Field and boy, that's Stevenson. Stevenson has to be an upset alert. They have to be. I know how good Sterling High Stevenson is. I get it. But you're going up against a very good A&T team. A really good A&T team. I mean, if, if, if Stevenson's not careful, 
then they're going to suffer the same fate Oak Park did. And when you look at that game, it looks like it is really, really, really possible that that could happen. Um, so if you're Sterling Heights Stevenson, I know you're talented. Really, you got some great players on that team. You're at home at Runkle Field, but if you're Stevenson, you're on upset alert. Um, let's look at, of course, the, um, you got Chippewa Valley and Stony Creek. Um, this is, this game was actually picked up on Fox Sports Detroit. Now they're going to be kicking off at 7.30, um, over there at Stony Creek. Um, when you look at Chippewa Valley, this is a tale of two teams. I mean, the first half against Utica Eisenhower, they did not look very good. Second half, they flipped the script. They flipped the switch. Outscored Utica Eisenhower 21-0. Their defense has been has been good enough. They got a good quarterback in Ryan Schuster. Um, they got a good running back and they got a good wide receiver. So when you look at this game here on paper, I mean, I get that Zach and Zach on their show did not give Stony Creek any respect. Here's what I'm gonna tell them. Stony Creek, yes, they didn't play last week. They got a chance to heal up. They have a quarterback by the name of Ryan Eckhout, who is really good. They got a quarterback. They got a running back by the name of Cameron Burford, who is really good. They got a, they got also John Fogel, who's a very good player as well. Grant Lowry is your best tight end. And you look at that team, that program. Stony Creek has got something to prove. And I get that. I get that the Mac Red has been a really good league all year. It's been a good league. Everybody's beating each other up. I get that. But the fact that they they talk about they don't think view Stony Creek as a threat. Good. Here's why. I'm telling you, Stony Creek is a threat because they know how to run the football. They have a, an experienced offensive line. They have a very good quarterback. I mean, and that's not mentioning that they have a defense. Let's not forget that. Because I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I've got great confidence in Stony Creek this week that they're going to win at against Chippewa Valley. Because when you look at Stony Creek, you know, they're going to say, well, the OA White and the Mac Red are, are like, you know, playing... They view it as a hypocrisy. I'll tell you what right now. The OA is not a hypocrisy. It is not. Because you look at how many teams are left in the white division. Five. How many teams are left in the Mac Red? Three. You look at, of course, the Mac. You look at, of course, and then, of course, we just looked at the OA Red. They took out a Mac Red team. Stony Creek has the talent to play in the red. They have the talent to play in the MAC red. They have enough experience and program strength to be in the red. So if you think for one second that Stony Creek can't play with the big boys in the MAC red, you're kidding yourself. This team can play with anybody in the state. I think Stony Creek is the most dangerous team in in Division One right now. 
because when you look at Stony Creek, they're placing that Macomb County District. This is a team that nobody, nobody wants to see. And I'm going to tell you why Stony Creek's going to win this week. Because of experience, home field, and of course, Cameron Burford. That's going to be the difference. I know Chip Love Valley's got a really good team, good defense, good quarterback. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Mac Red has not seen how good Stony Creek is. They're viewing Stony Creek probably as very inferior. If I'm Coach Scott Merchant, I'm taking this team very seriously. I am taking this team very seriously. Because I don't know if the Zach and at the Mac Attack with the Zach and Zach podcast, they're taking them seriously. But I'm telling you right now, it's time for everybody in Macomb County to take Stony Creek seriously. I'm telling you right now. I mean, because I think Stony Creek, I think they're going to get the district final this week. I really do. And I think it's time, especially in Macomb County, to pay serious attention. Everybody in Oakland County has. I know OA Nation has. It's time for Macomb County, and especially the Mac Red, to take Stony Creek, to pay attention to Stony Creek. Bottom line. Um, let's go to Adams and Davison. Of course, this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, really difficult matchup looming for Adams. I'm going to Davison. Um, probably Adams is going to see the best quarterback I've seen all year in Brendan Sullivan. If you think, if you think Ryan Eckhout was very good, if you think that, um, Jacob Sandro was very good, um, this is going to be the best quarterback they've seen all year in Brendan Sullivan. I mean, he is legit. I mean, he had, um, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. They run that spread offense really effectively. I know coach Jacob Wingard is very well at, um, He's, they've won a state title last year. Um, for Adams, you know, they're a young team, um, really inexperienced. Um, to be honest with you, a lot of young players, five sophomores and a freshman playing up on varsity. It's really hard. Um, but Davison has not seen a veer offense like Adams. I mean, I mean, so that's going to be a challenge for them. Um, most likely, it's going to be a real challenge for them, of course, um, seeing a Veer offense for the first time. Uh, the Valley has not really seen any type of team that runs this, this Veer offense. I mean, what Adams is going to do against Davison. Now, for Adams' sake, they've got their own challenge. Going on the road, um, playing on grass, um, going up against a really good quarterback. Um, you know, state championship proven winning quarterback. Um, so it's going to be a really hard... It's going to be really difficult for Coach Tony Petrino and his team. It's going to be real difficult. So, you know, I'm going to say this, Adams. Good luck in that game. I mean, so we'll see what happens in that one for sure. Um, and then, of course, the um, last game we got to talk about is um, Clarkston and Grand Blank. This will be at Clarkston um, on a Friday night. Um, this one's going to be very interesting. Um, how does Clarkston respond after playing against a very good Oxford team. How does Graham Blank respond going up against a um, Clarkson secondary that <laughs> excuse me, um, really hasn't really hasn't been, um, you know, been that tested. I mean, like the last few weeks, of course, um, Graham Blank has a very good aerial attack, very good experienced quarterback. 
good running back as well. They had two good backs as well. A lot of experience on that Grand Blank team. Um, when you look at Clarkson's case, of course, they have the lines up front, um, and they're just going to collide with one another. I would have to give the edge up front to Clarkston. Quarterback matchups, basically a wash between a Brosback, um, a Grand Blank, and then Mike DePillo of Clarkston. Um, running back matchup, I got to give the edge to Grand Blank. Um, you know, no offense to Ethan Clark or Davis York, but Grand Blank's running backs are very legit. Receiving edge, got to give the grand blank. But um, but scheme-wise, strategy-wise, to me, that's an advantage for Clarkston because they know how to They run. They know what they like to do. They know what they like to do. And I don't really trust grand blank's defense in this game against Clarkston. And that's going to be a tough task for them, to say the least, is going against that Clarkston um. That defensive line is really good. So it could be really hard for Grand Blank to run against Clarkson. But they said Lake Orion's defense. I thought Lake Orion's defense looked good against Grand Blank. I thought they looked really good. Clarkson's got a defense that's, that's good. I mean, like, I think they're going to pose some problems. I know a lot of people look at possibly saying, okay, we got my, we're looking at Davis and Clarkson district final. Is it possible? Um, it is possible. I mean, that's the bottom line. So, we'll see what happens that matchup here. I I got to give an edge to Clarkston. Um, my picks for the week. Um, of course my picks. Um, I'm gonna take Berkeley or Warren Mott. I think Berkeley will find a way to win that game. Um, I really think that the um, Bears will find a way to win that game. It's just it's a tough match against Warren Mott, but I think Berkeley has got enough. I mean, William Sears, I think is gonna have a big game in that one. Um, Warren Moss got athletes, um, so it would be very interesting to see what happens in that one. Um, I'm going to take, um, Seaholm over Groves. Um, this is going to be a really good game. Um, this was a pick for me, but I just think experience matters, being at home matters. Now, it hasn't always worked that way, of course. Groves won, um, Groves, of course, um, has been known to win on the road. Um, they blew out Seaholm on the road last year in the regular season, um, or Seaholm returned to favor in Beverly Hills. Last two meetings, one in Beverly Hills. But Gross does have an advantage um, in the forest. So that one's going to be really interesting how that's going to be in that game. Um, and then, of course, we got um, Oak Park and UD Jesuit. It's hard not to go against Oak Park right now, especially with the way they've been playing. Um, UD Jesuit really... Um, UD Jesuit has really... they they they. Got, played better, but Oak Park, of course, what they did against Rose Point South, um, still very incredible what they did against them. I mean, that's insane what they did against them. I mean, so that's going to be a really interesting match, at least in that one there. I I do like Oak Park in that game against Rose Point South. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a good game, though. Um, North Farmington at Fenton. I'm going to go with North Farmington in this one. I just think that for Fenton, of course, playing in the Metro. Um, Metro is a good conference, but I think when you're playing in the White, I think the White has been a really good conference this year. Um, when you look at, of course, for Fenton, this is going to be the best quarterback you're going to you're going to see all year in Jacob Sandra. Um, I think that um, he's starting to grow as a quarterback in the postseason. Um, Justin Whitehorn has had a really good. Justin Whitehorn's had a really good. Um, 
Had a really good game last week against Waterford Kettering. Um, I'll be curious to see how he does against a good Fenton defense, um, a good Tigers defense. So it'll be very interesting to see up there in Fenton how that's going to perform up there for um, North Farmington. Um, let's go to um, Division One, of course. Um, A&T and Stevenson. Um, I'm going to go A&T here in this one because when you look at A&T, um, they got experience. I think this is Isaiah Marshall's... Um, this is the Isaiah Marshall um, breakout game, I think, against a very good Sterling Heights-Stevenson defense. I know Sterling Heights-Stevenson's experience. They got a good defense. Running back, I mean, like, I mean, like, running games is a question mark. I mean, I know Sterling Heights-Stevenson has got to have doubts in their head as to what happened to Gross Point South um, last week, what, what happened to them against Oak Park. A&T's a much different team in the red. Um, so, and I said this all week, Stevenson has to be an upset alert. And I think A&T could do that. I know Stevenson's going to be favoring this game, but something tells me in my mind that A&T is going to win that game against Sterling Heights Stevenson at Runkle Field. Um, West Bloomfield, Troy. Um, again, this is a mismatch on paper. Could this be? <coughs> excuse me. Could this be the fifth straight? Um. Could this be the fifth straight shutout for West Bloomfield against Troy? It looks more and more likely that that's going to happen. Um, I think when you look at Oak Park, uh, when you look at West Bluefield, um, they're rolling all cylinders. Um, I think it might've got the best, best part of the draw in this district. You know, they didn't get the number one seed, but, but for Sterling Heights, Stevenson having to play Southfield this week, I mean, that's going to be a really dangerous match to say the least in that one there. Um, Clarkson, Grand Blank. I got Clarkston over Grand Blank. I just think that the Wolves line up front too much. Um too much for Grand Blanks athleticism. Um um I just think that Clarkson much better team than people think they are. Um I just think that the um more experienced or battle tested are the Wolves in the Bobcats, but Grand Blank has they played some good opponents too. I mean like they had that big one against like Gordon last week. Um but I just think Grant I just think for um for um Clarkson they're right now on a mission. I mean, they're trying. They're, I mean, I think they're going to play much better than they did against Oxford. So it'll be very interesting to say at least what happens there in that game. Adams and Davison. Um, Got to go Davison here. Um, Adams, very young team. I just think Sullivan, Brennan Sullivan, difference maker in that game. Um, do I think it's going to be worse than what Davison against Lapeer? Probably not. Um, I think Adams will keep this close maybe for a half. But... Difference, I think, is too much Sullivan. Um, Sullivan's going to be the difference maker in that game, even if Adams runs severe a lot, which I expect him to in this game. Um, and then, of course, the um, then you have Chippewa Valley at Stony Creek. Of course, this is going to be a really interesting game. Um, I like Stony Creek in this one for a couple of reasons. Chippewa Valley is a Jekyll and Hyde team. And you look at, of course, the first half, they did not look good against Utah Eisenhower. Second half, they flipped the switch. Stony Creek has been consistent all year. I will be curious to see how that buy either how that's going to affect them, if it's going to hinder them or if it's going to make them stronger. So when you look at this game here on paper, you know, Stony Creek's a team where I think could be a really, they're going to be really dangerous. And I really expect Macomb County and especially the Zach and Zach Attack podcast, Mac Attack, is going to get a lot of attention with Stony Creek. 
because that team, because Stony Creek is a dangerous team. I have said this for weeks, and I've said this to him. I've said this to him for weeks. Do not underestimate Stony Creek. And it would not surprise me to take Chippewa Valley. It really would not surprise me they do. But I'm telling you, the OA White is a much better conference than people give credit for. I mean, like, there's five teams still left in the playoffs in the OA and the M White. There's only three in the MAC Red, and two of them are playing each other this week. Now, I can say in the White, you got five teams left, but two of them are playing each other this week. That is true. So we'll see what happens in that game. We will see what happens. But I like Stony Creek in this game. I really think the Cougars, they're well coaching their coach, Nick Merlo. Um, I'm, the quarterback match is really interesting between Schuster and, um, and um, Eckhout. Of course, the running back matchup is interesting as well with Burford. Um, if it comes down to an edge in the trenches, I would have to give an edge to Stony Creek. Um, the trenches up front, I think Stony Creek's line experienced. They've been battle-tested, but people are going to say Chippewa Valley, same thing. They've been battle-tested, but I, can, I think Sony Creek can play in the Mac Red. I really do think they can really seriously play in that conference. But Stony Creek, you know, I don't remember the Macomb Conference this week, so we'll see what happens going forward um, with Stony Creek. I mean, I think the Cougars have a great chance to win this week um, against a very good Big Reds team, Big Reds program, and their coach, Scott Merchant. So we'll see where they're at. Um, I want to take a look, um, before I sign on off, of course, I want to take a look at my volleyball district previews. Of course, they're on my blog at semi-semi-colon-tiramina-blogspot.com. Um, I've got some, a lot of girls' basketball news. Of course, some two new coaches over at, one at Southfield A&T and the other one at, um, at Bloomby Hills. That is also on my blog at semi-semi-colon-tiramina-blogspot.com. Um, you can also take a look at my top five matches from the Orient on TV blog. As well, um, if you click on the um, ONTV website, click local news, you have a nice little picture of myself, um, and click on that. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens this week um, when you look at the matchups, obviously, um, heading into the matchups this week. Okay, now everybody, I'm going to sign off here. Um, I wish everybody the best of luck in the um, district semifinals for football. Um, also, I also got the cross country, of course, um, state finals, I believe, are this weekend. Um, at MIS at Michigan International Speedway. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, okay, everybody, I'm going to sign off here. Um, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Um, weather's getting colder. Um, remember, mask up. Um, mask up and vote. You know what I mean? So so we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. See what happens coming up. All right, now, everybody, I'm going to sign off here. Take care. God bless everybody. And um, see you all next week, everybody. Um, on another special edition of OA Now.